that's what GA4 is, right? Because you, you need all new code to be put in. And if you're not careful, and if you outsource that code to a, a third party, you may not be admins for that new account. And that, that would be a, that'd be a, a shame to, to leave that vendor two years later and realize that, that all that history um, you, is theirs. You're not gonna be able to keep your, keep your Google Analytics. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Buscast. That's right, I said Buscast. It's not a plane, it's not a train, it's not an automobile, and it's not a yacht this time. Yes, we are in a bus, and I'm here with the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. George Nenny. George, thanks for taking the time to jam with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's a nice bus. <laughs> it's um, it's a heck of a bus. Yeah, I can take this to a Bengals game. You know what I was doing? Remarking. Yeah. yeah, right. I was when I was doing research. I was like, I came across it only in Texas. Only in Texas would you find the largest party bus in the U.S. <laughs> it is really. Nice. That's, that's nice. what it's what they say. It is. How many people total fits in? The- sixty people. They've wow. told me they can fit in here. That might be a little tight, but I'd go with that. Sure, I don't know if I have 60 good enough friends. Right? <laughs> thanks for much. Like I said, thanks so much for taking the time, Jen. This is going to be a lot of fun. Hey, George, you know I like kicking off these podcasts with a little origin story. A, because honestly, I'm just fascinated myself of how people get into the industry because nobody sure. just wakes up one day and goes, huh, yeah, I want to be an automotive. Like that, right, sounds, yeah. that sounds great. Like That'll be fun, right? So, George, how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Yeah, so uh, 1993, I joined Dealer Specialties. That was a startup. Two of my brothers had started that business in 89, and so I joined as really the first employee. Uh, we grew that business tremendously through the, through the 90s. Uh, they sold the business to Trader Publishing in early 2000s. Uh, I stayed on. Trader began making a number of acquisitions. Uh, I was fortunate enough to run uh, a few of those companies and then left in 2017 to start Generations Digital. Nice, nice. And I, I love um, all your content, man. I think there's so much thought you put into it. You know, it's like, that. look, I, I read a lot of white papers. I consume as much content as I possibly can. And there are just a, there are a handful of people out there that I'm just like, you know, you know what's actually really impressive about you, George, is you can take one of the most boring things and actually go, yeah, I want to do that. That sounds like fun. Um, and, and I appreciate uh, all the time and effort you put in sure. uh, to that amazing content. Hey, let's get into, we're here, Dallas, Texas, right? It's, it's yes. NADA 2023. Wow, what a show, huh? Little, yes, little, it's, little sensory uh, overload. <laughs> Dallas is a new venue because it takes a little navigating to get around, I think, for the first time. But yeah, uh, yeah great venue. NADA, there, there's really no event like this where, no. where everyone you want to see is here, Every every company you want to demo or check out is here and so it's uh incredible networking we it is it. it's it's a lot of fun sometimes i for me it's like wow there's just so much and then you end up leaving going like there's like 17 other things and places and booths and stuff i wanted to stop at but um you you have some amazing uh workshops you had one yesterday and i got you got one tomorrow that's right, that's right. uh g4 analytics it's, it's the biggest the big theme so why don't, why don't we dive into a little bit what, what would you say maybe like some of the top three kind of takeaways would be from the workshops. Yeah, so um, we're talking a lot about GA4. The workshops were about were around fixed ops, using Google Business Profiles to drive fixed ops growth. Mm-hmm. And so that was yesterday, and then we're doing another workshop tomorrow. And really, that that opportunity is is a blind spot, I think, for a lot of dealers. And, and really, all I'm all I'm doing is 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 asking the dealers to take a look at the big retailers out there, uh, namely Walmart, 
uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, Kroger, any major department store, any major grocery, uh, or any major big box that's in a number of different profit centers is building out separate Google business profiles for each of those listings. And so if you're watching this podcast and you've got your phone handy, grab your phone and search for pharmacy near me or bakery near me or deli near me. You'll probably find some of your local town providers that you know and love. Uh, you're also going to see Walmart and you're going to see Kroger. Why is that? Because they've built specific departmental Google business profiles for the florist, for the bakery, for the deli because they could never optimize one single profile for all those different departments. And so in the workshop, I show those examples and challenge dealers to say, why do you think you're any different? And show, uh, show how when you build out separate profiles for service, body shop, parts, and sales, you actually increase your real estate and you optimize for non-branded category search. And, and it is really important. I mean, I actually just had an experience myself. Um, I, I just moved to Nashville, Tennessee. So okay. I don't know where everything is. It's my daughter's birthday. Um, I want to get her some flowers. I text my wife. I say, "Can you know? I'm driving right now. Can you look up a florist for me and just send me the address?" She sends me the address. I I, I pull up into the shopping center and I, I call her back. I said, "Hun, I don't see it. There's a Kroger's. The the only I'm, I'm standing. I'm at the address you sent me. There's the only thing. There's a Kroger. I don't see a florist anywhere." And she's like, "Oh well, but don't they have flowers inside?" I said, "Oh." Yeah, they probably do. And sure enough, that's exactly what it was. Right, right. And, and it worked. I mean, it, it totally it works. works. And they have, they really have to, you know, in, in, in GBP, Google Business Profile, you have something called a category. And the categories are a really, really primary ranking factor for all those profiles. And so for the, the for you know, the Kroger florist, their primary category is florist, right? Uh, if, if they were to set up that, that, store as a single profile and they had your department store is number one and deli is the second category and all the way down their ninth secondary category was florist they would never rank for that it really is all about your primary category mm -hmm. and so that's why dealers if they set their service primary category is auto repair their body shop primary category is body shop inclusion center then they're able to show up and rank for those uh, it's the only way that works and the best part of this it's free. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I think it's of the, free. the the hundreds of thousands, the millions of dollars our industry uh, spends to market to our customers. And this is something that's powered by the, the biggest search engine out there. Right. All right. With it, look, the search engine's intent is to give you the best results humanly possible. And there's not a cost associated with it. But George, I gotta be surprised. I'm still surprised how many dealerships have not done this. Right. I think, you know, uh, uh, in some cases, they're, they're, they may have heard from a consultant who says, you know, no, you don't wanna have multiple profiles. You wanna have one, because if you set up multiple profiles, you're gonna delete all your reviews. You're gonna have to go out there and get reviews for the different properties. And you know, it, it, uh, anyone who says that just doesn't, isn't looking at the data, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at the data, when you look at a Google business profile, if you go in the reporting that Google provides, they will show you the top queries for that profile, right? And you want your sales, you want your sales listing, your main listing, you want those top queries to be your brand or Chevy dealer near me if you're a Chevy dealer. But for your fixed operations, you want the number one to be oil change near me, brake repair near me. You want those to be non-branded category fixed op searches. And when you do that, I think you, you, you'll realize, and when you look at that data, you'll realize that they're, the only way to have that success is by having individual profiles. For sure, for sure. And the cool thing is it's not the, that advantage, but also to the analytics that you're able to create off that, which thus actually just helps better pay marketing efforts when you're able to actually see the analytics on on an individual basis. I mean, I, yes. I, I know I've helped some dealerships do this based on some of your guidance that you put out there. And they're just like, 
wow, all of that, so much of that is service? Yeah, they oh, just well, assumed sure. so so mm -hmm. much or almost um, the majority of all of their searches was because of the sell side, when in reality, more almost 70% in this case, in this particular case, 60, 70% was service. Yes, yes. I mean, there's been a number of companies over the years that have, usually the, the, the call tracking companies will do a study every few years where they'll listen to every single phone call, either with a human or with a bot, and they'll, they'll listen to all the phone calls that come from a Google business profile or from someone doing organic search on a, on a website, and the numbers are always 70%, 80% service, 20, 30% sales, and so usually that triggers the the uh, the sales side to say why are we funding this paid search when in fact seventy percent of the calls go to service and so that's a that's a separate conversation. <laughs> it's a good podcast actually. Yeah. That is good. That would be a good podcast topic. So now that I can actually see uh, how this traffic comes into my site and uh, what path they're taking, it, it it gives me an opportunity as a, as a web developer to really start looking at you know how can I optimize kind of that that digital dealerships experience. You know, before it was all kind of kind of clumped together and there were, of course, unique ways of trying to separate it out. But this really gets it super close. Now, that's a, a great segue kind of into our next topic around G4, which is your next workshop. Yes. So let's go into what, what are what are going to be some of the key takeaways in that particular workshop? So uh, both workshops are on the same topic. So okay, both are on gotcha. G, uh, GBP, but I did, um, uh, the, the GA4 book is relatively new and and uh, Digital Dealer last, last uh, fall gave a, a two-part full-on, you know, how-to for GA4. You know, Brian Pash has been working on the ASC standards on events, so we're starting to see those now release after January 1st. It's pretty exciting um, see those flow through. And so, you know, we are extremely busy and will be until J uh, July 1st when that hard switchover happens and we convert all of our our, our customers off of uh, current Google Analytics. Yeah. So, so let's let's get into you know a little. Let's go Google Analytics one on one real quick. Sure. Because I still think there's a fair amount of dealers that might see a post that comes through and goes GA4 upgrade and hey you, it's running out of time we're running out of time we're running out of time. Like, what? Okay, what is it? You know yeah. why? Why do I care? Let's start there. Why? Why do we? Why do I care? I think most dealers think that that the GA4 is simply like the next version of Excel, or I'm getting an update on my on my Microsoft <laughs> Word, and and it's not. I mean, it, it's a completely new analytics. It's as if the dealership said, "Look, we're switching to Adobe Analytics or Power BI, or we're completely changing our analytics platform." That's what GA4 is, right? Because you you need all new code to be put in, and if you're not careful, and if you outsource that code to a, a third party, you may not be admins for that new account. And that that would be a That'd be a, a shame to to leave that vendor two years later and realize that that all that history um, you, is theirs. And that you're not going to be able to keep your keep your Google Analytics. So, and and what are some of the opportunities uh, that dealerships have with this new version of Analytics? Yeah, with GA4, it's going to be a lot more accurate. So there was some built-in inaccuracies with Google Analytics Universal. Um, GA4 also gives a better look into the into the shopping funnel. So as opposed to early touch. Late touch, you now have early, middle, and late touch, and, and a more sophisticated model uh, around that. Um, it's all event-based, and so it really um, it really forces, I think, all all providers to count everything based on events. Yes. yes. And even more specifically, I mean, the events themselves are far more powerful, where you can pass data from the website through the events. So you might be able to, in Google Analytics, run a report and look at your, you know, organic search or paid search effectiveness on CPO vehicles versus 
new vehicles or something like that. Yeah, and let's dive a little farther down like the event rabbit hole, right? Because I think they're like, okay, events, events, what is what is an event? And, and, and what are some of the struggles were with the previous version of analytics? You know, uh, many dealerships, you guys will have, you'll have trade-in tools, you'll have finance tools, all right, you're gonna have a lot of different, maybe lead generation or uh, customer data capture tools on your website, but not all those tools were reporting in the same way. In fact, actually, many of them aren't. And for the longest time, we lost sight yes. of what happened. You know, what happened when a service customer went to go book their service appointment? I know they went to the page. Yes. And then the iframe was there. Yep. That's a broken thing in our industry, and it's yes. a shame. Um, yeah. So, so you're probably referring to XTime uh, from Cox, a great <laughs> tool and a huge market share, but completely invisible to Google Analytics. And so you can't. You can't attribute fixed ops campaigns to the ultimate conversion, which is which is an appointment. And so uh, we actually met with them this morning and made our annual case to them to say, uh, please start making these tools visible. I, I do think that in GA4, that becomes more of a liability to companies like KBB and XTime that aren't firing those events because they will no longer be able to do like optimized Facebook audience campaigns. They won't be able to look at the how their tool affected the shopping funnel in GA4. So it's... Uh, it seems like the work would be lightweight. I, I hope they, uh, they're watching this and they take, they take the advice and, uh, and start making those tools more visible for, our, for digital marketers. Look, and that's not just a benefit for the digital marketers. It's, it's a benefit to the dealership. Yes. I mean, I think we've talked about this on another podcast where we talked about like ad spend waste. And it is a rampant issue in our industry. I mean, I hate to say it, but I think, I, I, I think as a vertical, there's probably more ad spend waste in our vertical than I would say probably any other vertical out there. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of dealers goes, well, okay, what well, isn't my agency on top of this? Aren't they responsible for that? Yeah. I think the agencies uh, in, 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 in a lot of cases don't do a good enough job of educating dealers. And I try to advise them to say, the more you educate dealers on how to interpret the data and interpret their reports, the less likely you are to get fired. Because I think dealers, because they don't necessarily dive in and understand all the data and the reporting, you know, an agency may last on average 18 months or so before they flip and find somebody new because someone came in and made a presentation that looked really nice and they end up firing an agency not because their performance was poor, they just saw something else that looked more interesting. And so as you teach them to understand and they understand the metrics and they look at the reporting, they can see what a good job you're doing uh, and they're less likely to switch. 100%. So um, I moved to Nashville, right? Nice. And um, great city. I took up fishing. No, I'm not by any means a good fisherman at all right but i was talking to a dealer the other day it's rainbow I, trout right in the streams and stuff right? a, a lot of bass okay and it's not a type of fish i've ever i i fly fish as a kid so i understand the whole con the nice. trout concept i understand but but bass fishing that's a very different thing right and and, and i was and then that's what i was explaining to a dealer the other day well how important is this i said well you ever gone fishing blindfolded and if so did it ever work <laughs> because that's what we're talking about right, right? we don't know all right. If, if, if you don't have this set up all right, here very soon, you're not going to know where and what your customer does mm -hmm. or you don't know where they are. You don't know what they ended up doing. All right. And, and that's and that is just going to generate exponentially more, more ad waste because we're not targeting people at the right time with the right message. Yes. Completely agree. Yeah, you, um, um, Google Analytics is the key for dealers to get visibility to really take control of the reporting, so they're not leaning on agency reports. They control that dashboard themselves, and then I mean, if they're if they're really you know on their pro game, they would then take that da that that Google Analytics for data and pipe that into Data Studio, now called Looker Studio, to be able to get a better visualization. 
I was curious. What was the name change for? Like, I thought it was kind of an odd well, one. They, right? they acquired a company named Looker, I guess, some years back. And now I think they're just you know, changing to maybe make a brand better. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was a funny change, to be honest with you. I yes, was like, yes. okay, sure, why not? Um, not April Fool's. Not April Fool's. Hey, you did say something about control. And I think this is super important for for anybody that's watching and listening to this podcast is, you know, are you in control of your analytics and do you own these profiles? Because yes. I am still amazed and I'm talking some really large agencies, some of them purchasing are even here now. Yes. Where they are the owners of these accounts, not the dealers. Let's talk a little bit about how that can that can be an issue and why it's important to dealers to own their own data. Yes. So so the, the comment I made earlier about GA4 is a brand new analytics installation. That's what creates the risk for the dealers because if they think they're the admins on their current, or they are the admins on their current Google Analytics, when they move to GA4, that doesn't automatically happen. You have to intentionally ask for that to happen. Um, yeah, we met with big vendors today at the at the booth who who um, have GA4s for all their dealers, but the dealers aren't admins. So of course, for our customers, we're, we're uploading all those uh, GA4 accounts to those companies so they can start firing the the new ASC events, but making sure the dealers own it. And so, um, and that's honestly why I wrote the book, uh, the, the Amazon book. A car dealer's guide to Google Analytics 4 was because I was so concerned last year when I learned that that was the process they were taking. Yeah. And so I started writing a bunch of PDFs that I was sending out to dealers uh, to set up their own GA4 and then ended up just you know, uh, writing more and making it into a book. But it's uh, it's definitely the mission at hand. Well, let's go a little bit more into the book because I think it's great. What, what would be, if anybody listening, watching, what would be maybe three of your biggest takeaways in that book? So in, in the GA4 book, it's, uh, and, and again, if you just go to Amazon, just search for my name, you'll find it. The biggest takeaways, one, are, are how to set it up. I mean, there's a lot on the setup, getting all the defaults uh, where you want them to be. So that's that's a piece of it. Uh, events, how to track all the events that are flowing through, how to, how to measure which ones you want to mark as a conversion, you know, for like a hard conversion on your website. Uh, and then the final one, um, which I may end up doing a uh, doing a, a session at Digital Dealer in the spring is all about how to use explorations. The new reporting in GA4 is very powerful and it's called explorations. And it's really more of a report writer than what exists today in Google Analytics Universal. Um, it, it, it looks very hairy. It's not that tough, but um, you dive into that and it's, it's, it's pretty powerful. It, it is. And, and, and um, getting all those uh, data points organized into one single space is going to have even more benefit as we move into the future. I think we're actually just kind of scratching the surface, all right, of getting more insights as far as the path the consumer takes and what they ultimately end up doing. Yes. But connecting all these different widgets, collecting my, my digital, re what, I, what, what happens on my digital retailing? There's so many significant points in the customer's journey that happens on a DR product, that happens in a finance application, that happens in a trading application. And now being able to pump that into one place and give myself a real, real vision or, or, or a view of what my my customer is taking from a journey perspective online and now even being able to pump in some offline right which i'm going to see i actually just recently met with a dealership uh, very very tech savvy dealer principal it was uh that was just he's he's, he's the uh dealer principal's son and okay. very tech savvy and he's even pumping in offline nice so how, how's he doing that? So what, what's that look like? He's using he's using another system. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but now he's actually taking the the transfer from what happens online to inline, and then connecting all the dots from his CRM as well. 
Yes. Because we know the dealers sometimes will do heavy up on traditional. And so we've had customers that said, hey, from, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, we're going to be doing heavy, heavy mm-hmm. TV and radio. How do we measure that? And you measure it. You can see it in organic search. Uh, sometimes if you look at it hourly and you know the run times, you can actually see when that lift occurs. But, uh, yeah, connecting offline and online, not easy, but uh, helpful if you can do it. 100%. And, and, and uh, to this dealer's um, uh, point was is just – how much less money they're spending because they know what their customer is doing. Yes. Yep. Very true. But you're, to your earlier point, you're right. I mean, the, the amount of waste in, in dealer ad budgets is gigantic. Most of it is in is in paid search. Um, but yeah, get, getting in there and measuring. Yeah, I think the next step that we're going to see a lot more is a much higher level of content optimization based on the analytics that we're able to cover. So no, we've always talked about like you've heard of me talking. Content is king. Sure. Content is king. Content is king. But now we can really put some serious ROI behind that content right. and what content interacted and what path that they took. I mean, it's exciting yeah, times, Yeah, very true, man. very true. Like, it's really exciting times. Content on, on fixed ops pages, you know, back to the fixed ops, talking mm-hmm. about fixed ops for profiles. You know, building out content on that service page, Google goes out and spiders those service pages and then gives that feedback to their Google business profile. So those, you know, the, the website content really matters, especially on fixed. A lot of dealers have, have cookie cutter templated content on there from the OEM. I mean, it's just it's just the way they do it. Get in there and customize some of that content and uh, and make it score better for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, look, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time today. Really appreciate you taking the time to come jam with me. But before I let you go, for everybody out there that's watching and listening, I would love to kind of connect, learn more about what you guys are doing. Maybe even pick up the book. What's the best way to connect with you, George? Yeah, the best way is just to search for my name. So if you just search for George and Eni in Google, you'll find all the books. You'll find our website to be able to see what our offerings are. Um, of course, we're, we're on, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, but that's probably the, the, the fastest way. And so... Love to love to help more dealers. Awesome, man. Thanks for taking the time to jam with me. It's been a lot of Thanks, fun. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.